Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Romans, go to the book of Romans real quick. We've been studying the renewing of the mind. Romans chapter 8. I think that many times, especially because of education, and don't get me wrong, I am not against education in any way. We have educators that come here to Island Church, people involved in just about every level of education from grade school to college. Man has educated himself. There is a lot of information. We live in what's called the information age now. You can get on the the computer nowadays and find out just about anything you want to find out just about anything but you know there's other information that is spiritual and if you begin to understand by the word of God that which was that which is spiritual by the word of God and by the spirit you begin to understand that the preeminent or the predominant information or the most important information that you can get a hold of is not the information that man can produce but the information that God has already produced by that information, you can live an overcoming and victorious life. And I'm not, don't get me wrong, get all the education you can possibly get. But here's the thing, don't do it at the expense of your spirit. So we discussed when we first began this, this, this teaching, we discussed the number one need after an individual gets born again because the new birth is a spiritual experience that leads to a lifestyle. It is not a change of any kind. Your mind does not change when you get born again. Let me say that again. Your mind does not change when you get born again. What happens is your spirit man is made brand new. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, it doesn't say he's a changed creature. It says he's a new creature. So from that standpoint of newness, just like with a little child or a little baby, you would hope that from the standpoint of a child being born, from that point forward, there would be what? Growth and development. Growth and development. Wouldn't that be terrible if you had a normal child and at 18 years old, that child was still wearing diapers. You'd think there was something wrong with the child. No, there's really something wrong with the parents. Amen. They hadn't taught them anything. Well, that's the problem we have many times when it comes to spiritual things. You have people that, that, that live for the Lord for years and years and years, but they never grow and develop spiritually. And growing and, develop, growing and develop, developing spiritually uh, demands that you renew your mind. That you reprogram your mind to think spiritually, not to think according to your feelings, not to think according to your gender, not to think according to your race, not to think according to your geographical location, but to think only according to what the Word of God says. And it is an effort and a lifetime quest. Because you will have problems with your mind till the day you go to heaven. Your mind will always fight you. Your mind will always try to... Try to uh, uh, Welcome doubt, welcome unbelief. There's always seems to be some type of warfare going on in between the spirit of man and the mind of man, especially the spirit of man that has been regenerated by the ability of the Holy Ghost or the power of God. So I learned when I came back to the Lord, after being away from the Lord for about uh, 11 or 12 years, I learned the first thing I need to do is to change my thinking. My thinking is messed up. Now we can always point a finger at people like I was, uh, that live counter uh, to the culture and say their thinking is messed up. But I want you to know it does not matter who you are if you have not renewed your mind with the Word of God, you will have problems with the Word. 
you will always allow your intellect to challenge it. You say, well, I don't know about that. And I don't know about that. And I don't know about that. I was, I've been listening to some teachings on the gifts of the Spirit uh, by our pastor, uh, Brother J.R. Goodwin, who went on to be with the Lord. I believe it was in the 70s or the early 80s that he went on to be with the Lord. And he was a very meticulous teacher. You have to listen to him real close. He's very line upon line, precept upon precept. And he's teaching and teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. He said one of the problems with the gifts of the Holy Ghost is that you cannot understand them with the natural mind. The natural mind cannot grasp the reality of what these supernatural, powerful impartations of the Holy Ghost are and what they actually mean to the believer and to the body of Christ. You have to embrace it by faith. You have to take it on the level of faith. And in order to take it on the level of faith, you have to allow your human spirit to usurp your natural mind. Now, it's that way with just about everything in the Word of God. Any area of spirituality that you allow your mind to usurp your spiritual, your, your, your heart or your spirit man, you allow your mind to, to uh, dominate it, you'll be a failure in that area. You'll be a failure if you do it in finances because there's a whole different way of thinking. Financially in the natural, financially in the spirit. There's a whole different way of thinking. I remember thinking naturally. I remember thinking, man, I'm not going to give my money away. I'm not going to give any of this money away. I don't care how good those people are. I'm not giving none of my money. I need my money. Amen. But no, my thinking changed when I submitted it to the Word of God. When it comes to healing, when it comes to developing our character, there are all kinds of levels and layers that God wants us to take and submit our mind to His Word and allow our spirit to rise up and dominate us on the level of the information that the Word of God imparts to us spiritually. Amen. So it forces you to listen to the point that you hear. Everybody say, listen to the point that you hear. We got a disturbing letter this week from a lady that attended the church. Oh, it's been several years back, a couple of years at least. And we really, as a church, reached out to her, tried to help her. She's going through some really, uh, 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 really tough stuff, really, really tough stuff. And so uh, uh, a couple of the ladies befriended her and ministered to her and and tried to help her. Well, in this particular letter, uh, she was asking uh, that we would not ever send her any information anymore, uh, that we would, uh, you know, not contact her anymore. And, of course, we, we respond and, and, and uh, adhere to requests like that. Uh, but she had basically joined a cult. Amen. She had joined a cult. Now, she made this statement, and I, it just alarmed me that she made this statement. She said, only when joining this cult... Did I ever hear anybody ever tell me that God loved me? Now let me ask you a question. How many have ever come to Island Church more than two services? Have you ever, have you ever heard anybody say God loved you? We constantly enforce and reinforce that one simple truth. God loves you. God cares for you. We sing songs about it. We praise God for it. We talk about it all the time. But now here's this lady, and I'm not being critical of her. I'm just using this as an example that says, you know, I've never heard, I never heard. I came to Island Church all those years and never, nobody ever told me God loved me. Well, that's not true. It's that she did not, she may have listened, but she did not hear. You can always tell when you listen because you challenge what you listen to. You can always tell what you hear. You obey it. When you hear it, you'll obey it. Amen? So did you find Romans? Let's start here in Romans because I want us to see a couple of things tonight. 
Notice in Romans chapter 8, look at verse 5. Romans 8 verse 5 says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, notice that's a capital S, meaning the Holy Spirit, they that are, that are after the Holy Spirit, the things of the Spirit or of the Holy Spirit. For to be carnally minded, now notice this, this is in your Bible. Everybody look at me. That means I didn't say this. Are you with me? Don't you go quote and say, Pastor Rusty said to be carnally minded. As if I didn't say that. God says this. For to be carnally minded is what? Death. But to be spiritually minded is life. Do you see that? That's the word zoe, Z-O-E, the God kind of life. And peace, the word shalom, which is the completeness and wholeness of God. <coughs> because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Now, the carnal mind, you say, what is the carnal mind? It is the mind of man that is ruled by his senses. The carnality of, my, uh, of man found its origin in the garden where man was spiritually created, given a body to live in, made a living soul. God would come down with him in fellowship with him in the cool of the day. And then that fellowship was broken because an adversary of God was able to get the woman's eyes off of what she did have and got her eyes onto what she could not have. So the Bible says, if you go study it in Genesis chapter 3, when she saw that the fruit was what? Pleasant to the eyes. That means the adversary had the ability to get her eyes off of the spirit realm. I say it like this. She closed her spiritual eyes, and when she closed her spiritual eyes, she opened her natural eyes. She closed her spiritual eyes, and when she opened her, and when she closed her spiritual eyes, she opened her carnal eyes. Man that is ruled by his senses is a carnal man. When I use the word man, I use mankind. Man that is ruled by his senses, by what he hears, by what he smells, by what he tastes, by what he sees, by what he feels, that is the carnal man. And the carnal mind yields to that. I don't believe it, pastor, unless I can see it. I don't believe it, pastor, unless I can feel it. I don't believe it, Pastor, unless I can touch it, hear it, or smell it. I have to have the reinforcement of my senses before I can believe it. Then God comes along in the spirit realm and says, Well, that's too bad because I'm going to tell you seven times throughout my word that the just are going to have to live by faith. Not what their senses tell them, but by what my word tells them. That's what you're going to have to live by. Amen. So you've got to make a decision right off the bat. My mind's not my friend. Let me say that again. You've got to come to the conclusion. My mind is not my friend. It will try to think you out of everything God says is yours. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? 
I mean, your mind will tell you when God says you're healed, your mind will tell you you're not healed. When God says you're prosperous, your mind will tell you you're not prosperous. And all of your senses will rise up in a chorus of amen in agreement with your mind. Your mind will say, you're not healed. And your senses will say, feel that. I go back to that testimony in Smith Wigglesworth's book about that lady that had whatever it was, disease that she had and got up the year. He came the first year and she got up and said, I testified last night when Brother Wigglesworth laid hands on me. I was healed by the power of God. The whole church could see she was still sick. The next year, Brother Wigglesworth came and said, uh, during the testimony time, she got up and said, I just want to testify that last year when Brother Wigglesworth was here, I just want to testify that God healed my body. The whole church could see she was still sick. The third year, Brother Wigglesworth came and he, he said in his book, he said the woman got up again and said, I just want to testify that two years ago when Brother Wigglesworth came, I was healed by the power of Almighty God. Then she said this, and Lord, just to convince all these unbelievers and doubters, I thank you that you give me the manifestation of it right now. The next night she came was totally healed. That's in his book, amen? Well, that just means that her carnal mind tried for what? Three years to tell her you're not healed. She wouldn't take it. She wouldn't receive it. She wouldn't believe it. She continued to stand on the Word of God and stand on what was ministered to her by the power of God. Listen, there comes times in life where you've got to make a decision whether you're going to swing with what the carnal mind is trying to tell you or are you going to make a stand on the Word of God and refuse to be denied the manifestation thereof. Say, Lord, I'm going to stand here on this Word. You said it and I refuse to back off of what your Word says. Because your eyes are trying to talk you out. Your ears are trying to talk you out. Your nose and your feeling and your taste, everything about your senses will try to talk you out of and convince you this is not reality. Now, what have we taught on that? Because people are always accusing people of faith of not living in reality. Well, my question is, what is your reality? Amen. No, there are two realms, two places, and you choose to live in one or the other. There is the factual realm. How many times have we taught on this? There is the factual realm. The fact is, yeah, the doctor says you have it. The fact is, there's no money in your bank account. The fact is, we do not deny the facts. People always are, okay, you're just in denial. No, we're not in denial. The fact is, you've been diagnosed. The fact is, there's pain in your body. The fact is, you don't have two nickels to rub together. Those are the facts of life. But then over here is another realm. It is the truth. It is what God says. It is what God has declared. You make a decision which neighborhood you're going to live in. If you live in the factual neighborhood, you will be dominated by the facts. If you live in the truth neighborhood, then the truth will eventually dominate the facts and you will get the victory that you desire. Amen? Amen? But you've got to make a decision. That's why daily, daily, you've got to study that Bible. Daily, you need to pray. Because every day, you have an opportunity to doubt. Every day you have an opportunity not to believe. You wake up in the morning and the devil says, you're not even saved. <laughs> Amen. And by the time you make it to the mirror and look in the mirror, you look and you say, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> I don't look saved. I don't feel saved. Walked by the dog and he barked at me. Cat scratched me. You know, but what's the word say? What's the word say? That must become the final authority of your life. 
When you make a decision that the Word of God becomes the final authority of your life, you are fixing to enter in to living in the realm of the truth of God's Word, and you're fixing to get some victories in your life. Now, real quick, go over to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 is where I want to go real quick, and we'll wind this up. Yeah, the first Corinthians chapter 2. Now notice verse 12. Verse 12, 1 Corinthians 2 says, We have received not the Spirit, notice that's a small s, the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit, big S, capital S, which is of God. That we might know, that word know means to understand and experience that we might understand and experience the things that are freely given to us of God. Now, that, that's, that, there's a problem right there. We'll, we'll teach on that one phrase there here in a little bit. But that one phrase, freely given. Freely given. Now, that's another one of those phrases that I didn't say. God says they're what? Freely given. Freely given. But see, here's the thing. God says they're freely given, but you get over here in the factual realm and our mind begins to put stipulations on that. Well, you got to do this, you got to do that. Then the devil gets involved. And well, you haven't done this and you haven't done this and you're not this and you're not that. And if you'd have lived then or done this or done that, then maybe uh, somehow, some way, but then, you know, you just never can get there. Because as soon as the devil gives you 14 hoops to jump through and you jump through 10 of them, he'll give 25 more. People do that all the time. Trying to earn. Well, if I can just go to church, if I can make every service, sing every song, give an every offering, come to every service at the, at, the, at, the, at the conference. Oh, I tell you, if I can just do that, well, you're just living according to your own law. Because as soon as you fail to do one of those things, then you enter into condemnation. The devil beats your brains out. Well, I can't make this thing work. Well, it doesn't have anything to do with you in the first place. It's the grace and mercy of God. I said it's the grace and mercy of God. And so everything... Salvation, healing, all of these things need to be what? Freely received. Thank you, Father, for my salvation. Thank you, Father, for healing. Thank you, Lord, for prosperity. Thank you, Lord, for peace of mind. Thank you for the ability of your word to dominate my mind. Thank you, Father, that all, the whole world and even my life can be in turmoil, but I can be at peace. Because you give me peace that passes understanding. Peace that is beyond my ability to understand why I have peace in the first place. Amen? So things that are what? Freely given of God. Now notice this. It says, which things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But now notice verse 14. But the natural man, or we can say it like this, the carnal man. But the natural man. Oh, we could just sit here. right. If you get this one point, you'll be blessed when you go home. But the natural man receiveth not. But the natural man receiveth not. But the carnal man receiveth not. But the intellectual man receiveth not. But the natural man, the carnal man, the intellectual man, the thought-dominated individual does what? Receiveth not. So everything you receive from God, you receive how? Spiritually. It comes through the spirit realm into your human spirit. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit, capital S, Spirit of God. Why? 
Why, pastor? Why doesn't the natural man receive it? For they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. The natural man, the natural mind looks at the things of God and thinks, foolish, foolish, foolish. <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story. You want to hear a funny story? How many like to witness to your neighbors, people that live around you? Amen. Well, you know, I do my best, you know. And so last night I'm walking my dog. It's about 10 o'clock at night. And so the snow geese are flying. Anybody heard any of the snow geese honking over at night? So the snow geese are flying. So, so here's, here's, here's a, about 15 or 20 come over about treetop high. And so, you know, I'm a duck and goose hunter, so I like to call. I call all, of the, all the ducks and geese that I call, I use, I use calls that people make to call them with, except snow geese, I call them with my mouth. And so I'm standing there with Cookie like this, and I make her sit. She sits, and those geese are coming over. Look, 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 look. So I start hollering at them. Look, 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 look. And they're hollering back. And I make, they make a complete turn, and I'm just hollering, hollering, hollering at them. And so they fly off, and I turn around, and my neighbor's standing there with his little dog looking at me like this. So he probably, he didn't see the geese that I was looking at and hollering at. So he probably figured that's, that's I, I knew that. That was a weird bunch over there at that island church. And, so I'm going to have to explain to him what that is all about, amen? Because he's probably thinking, that's something religious, that's something spiritual, and that's crazy. That's crazy, right? That guy's talking to the sky. Huh? <laughs> amen? But the natural man, he'll look at the, he'll, he'll say, now give, give your money away, tithe, offer, and God will bless it back to you. Natural man says, no, no, no. Put in an investment account. Invest in a 401k. There's nothing wrong with those things. Amen? But you don't rob God. Amen? The natural man will say, well, you know, man, what do you mean? Believe on Jesus. I, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good. And when I get to heaven, they put me on that good, bad scale. I'm going to have some good stuff on my side. And it's going to outweigh the bad. You'll find out there ain't no scale. There ain't no scale. There's only Jesus. There's only the cross. There's only the blood. But see, the natural mind, and I'm going to tell you the worst. You want to tell you the worst? It's the religious mind. The religious mind is the worst. Because what is religion? Religion is man reaching up to God, saying to God, I'll control this thing down here. But Jesus is God reaching down to man. If people ask you if you're religious, tell them, no, I'm not religious. I'm a believer. I'm not, I hate religion. I've seen what religion does to people. I've seen religion keep whole nations in bondage and hold them in poverty and alcoholism and all kinds of horrible things. Lee and I witnessed in the Philippine Islands people whipping themselves bloody and hanging on crosses trying to get God to touch their little girl because she was dying. We wept like babies when we saw that. That's the religious mindset. See, that's, that, that, that's the carnal mind embracing things of God and said, I've got it figured out. I've got it figured out. But you can't figure it out. Praying in the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. People look at that. That's crazy. The great charismatic renewal that took place back in the, in the late 70s into the 80s where hundreds of thousands and millions of denominational people were filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues. They couldn't figure all that out. People that left their denominations and went into churches that taught it thrived in the things of God. Others that went back to their church, they just taught it out of them. Saying, well, that's, you know, you had an experience. Obviously, something God's done something for you. You've had an experience, but you need to leave that alone because that's, that's foolishness. It's foolishness. It's foolishness. So you can always tell when you're approaching 
something that your mind, your natural man, your carnal mind, is embracing that is of the Spirit of God, you can always tell that your mind is fighting you because your mind will tell you, that's crazy, that's foolish, that's stupid. Don't get involved in that. But here's the thing. God shows us right here. The natural man receiveth not the things of God, of the Spirit of God, for they are what? Foolishness unto him, neither can they know them because they are spiritually discerned. Now let me close with this. But he that, is, he that is spiritual judges all things. That literally says, if you're spiritual, you judge things from that which is spiritual. Amen. Yet he himself disjudges no man. For hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Let me, let me read that last one in the Amplified. For who has known or understood the mind or the counsels or the purposes of the Lord so as to guide and instruct him and give him knowledge, but we have the mind of the Messiah and do hold his thoughts, feelings, and purposes of his heart. Can you imagine that? Jesus, the Messiah, Trust you in your spirit to hold his purposes and his thoughts. That's why we do what we do around here. That's why we have buses. That's why we go to the jail. That's why we have crusades. That's why we have conferences. That's why we do everything we can do to tell people about Jesus, that he loves them, he cares for them. You say, why? That is the mind of our Savior, and he has transmitted that into our heart. And no matter what our mind tells us, we say, no, no, no. We have the mind of Christ. Therefore, we're going to get out and do the works of Christ because he has trusted us to hold his mind and purposes in our heart that is valuable church that is the wealth of what we do God trusting us on the earth to hold his mind his purposes his desires on the earth I mean it, it, I experienced that man when I, when, I, when I first came back to the Lord God dealing with me about ministry I'm like I don't want to preach I don't want to be a preacher I don't want to do none of that I remember I had a choice to make right before I chose to go to Bible school uh, they came to me I was a technician in the cable TV field and they came to me with a proposal I'd worked my way up from an installer to an installer technician to a technician to a trunk technician. Back then, the, the old type of coaxial cable uh, came from a satellite down to a head end to a big trunk that ran through the city and all the feeder that came off of that and then everything that came off of that fed the, the televisions and the places like that. So then, they came to me. They came to me with a proposal. At that time, there were no cable TV in any of the hotels just about around the world. And this guy told me, he said, you, we will give you a contract for $100 a room and you can choose any place you want to in the world to go and install cable in hotels. All you've got to do is whatever company's in the town, they'll bring a feeder line to the hotel and you just install them. You can hire as many people you need. You can eat away at that $100 per room. And I began to do the math and I thought, man, this guy's talking about a lot of money. Because an 80-room hotel... Me and two guys could probably do that like in three days. No problem. So you go through about five or six hotels, you know, in a month, you're making some money. But then I had this other choice. Go to Bible school, make no money. <laughs> so my mind was in turmoil. My mind was going this way and that way. My mind was saying, what am I going to do? But then my spirit man rose up. My spirit man rose up. And I remember just as clear as somebody saying it to me 
as a human saying to me, on the inside of my human spirit, the Holy Ghost said, you will have to obey God if you want to live. Because I knew if I lived the other way, because I'd lived that way for 11 or 12 years, I was dying living like that. And the Lord says, if you want to live, you're going to have to do what I'm telling you to do. And so I shut I, I refused the invitation. I said, I, I can't do it. That guy looked at me and said this, are you crazy? He said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to go to Bible school. I was 27 years old. He looked at me and said, are you out of your mind? Are you going to waste your time going to Bible school when you could be making tens of thousands of dollars at this age in your life? And I said, I'm not wasting my time going to Bible school. I'm living. I'm obeying God. Well, I don't know where that guy is today, but I know where I am. And it's been fun. Amen? So you, there will come challenges in your life where you will look at things because in my natural mind was saying, are you going to reject this offer? You're a fool. You're stupid. I mean, that's what my mind was telling me. You're out of your mind. But I knew. There ain't no way. I get off in these countries doing that with all that money. There's no way I could resist the temptation. I wasn't strong enough. I'd only been back to the Lord for a few months, and I was not strong enough to withstand the temptations of what that would have produced in my life. I'd have died. It'd have killed me. So you got to understand, through renewing your mind and challenging your thought process with the Word of God and submitting your mind to the Word, you are saving your life. Let me try that again. You are saving your life. You are saving your family. You are saving your health. You are saving your finances. It may look foolish to you when you start out and begin, but if you will stay with it, man, 30 years later, when I look back, I was 27, I'm 57 now. When I look back over 30 years, I see not my wisdom. Lord, have mercy. My wisdom would have killed me. But I see the wisdom of God. God, you're so wise. God, you're so good. Look how you've blessed and increased and brought me to where I am today. I could have never, ever, ever achieved anything like that on my own. Lord, you're good and you're wise. And he'll do that for any person who's willing to submit to the mind of Christ. Amen? Did you learn something tonight? Lift your hands up and thank the Lord. Father, we worship you tonight. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that the entrance of your word brings light and life to us. And Lord, as we continue to dig and dig and explore that which is of the Spirit, that which is of your word, that which is of the Holy Ghost, that which is of the anointing, more importantly, that which is of Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, we thank you, Father, that our minds are put in the place that they need to be so that we might have the mind of Christ and live the life that Christ gives us. We thank you for it, Father. We receive it all by faith in Jesus' name. And everyone says, praise the Lord. Stand on your feet tonight. Hallelujah. Everybody okay tonight? Anybody need prayer for uh, your body? Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus.
He is the author and the finisher of our faith.